Welcome to Picks with the Professor, the show where a real statistics professor gives you sports betting tips. I'm your host, Professor Sides, and for the latest updates, information, picks, you can follow me on Twitter at Professor Sides. This Major League Baseball episode covers every game scheduled to be played on Tuesday, September 6th, 2022. In case you're new here, I've built a mathematical model for win probability using hitter and pitcher projections I've created. Note the total projections based on the morning weather data will be added into the sheet a later portion of the morning. In order to make one money line or run line pick on every game that's played seven days a week, though there are no Sunday shows. That doesn't mean that I recommend you do the same as my goal in this episode is to share key information about today's games, give you a few things to think on, and explain why certain plays are being recommended in order for you to come up with picks that you are comfortable with. I never recommend blindly tailing or fading any pick, but rather to hear the justifications and thought processes to make sure you're fully on board with me or against me before investing your hard-earned money. And as we go through the plays, remember that there are no locks in gambling. So what I'll give you are loves, likes, and leans to indicate my confidence level with respect to scaling wagers. But as always, please remember that good and bad variants will occur. So as much as I'd like to see it will be profitable each and every day, that is an impossible reality for any gambler. And start off the week, uh, great. We did... Interestingly enough, end up with the uh, a push there in that second Orioles game. Uh, Jordan Lyles scratched. What's the play of the day? It was scratched right before first pitch. It's the second time this has happened now in the last uh, week or so where a starting pitcher has been scratched right before. There's no real way to figure anything out, um, and get a new handicap, get a new play in. It happens occasionally. A couple times here lately, it's been kind of weird. Um, and, and I mentioned this before. If you're new here, you haven't heard me say this. If you follow me on Twitter, you probably heard me say it. But just in case you haven't, uh, with baseball plays, remember that that for the most part with our money line plays, if we're backing a good pitcher, even a respectable pitcher, a guy like Jordan Lyles being one of those, we always want to hit selected when we make that bet. That means that if our guy doesn't go we it, it's a it's a no it's a no bet um we don't want to hit action because that means the other guy the other team's pitcher has to go and and if he gets scratched usually that helps us there's been like one or two random occasions this year where the the, the guy coming in has actually been projected as better but it's really rare so we'll take our chances and we usually just want to hit selected on those money line plays and for most sports books and and People may be aware of a couple of weird exceptions but for the most part totals and run lines um, are all going to be uh, based off the listed pitchers. So if, if that changes, you're just going to be no action. That's how it works out in Vegas. It's how it works in most sports books. So got to push there. Um, Orioles got crushed in that second game. Who knows how it plays out if Lyles pitches, of course. Um, Mariners, uh, we talked about like, you know liking the Mariners, being a little bit afraid of them. A couple of notes. First off, they lost by one run. So it's not the craziest play at all. But but I, I told you yesterday in the show, I said, really like this under that I really thought playing the Mariners and playing the under made a lot of sense. Um, Mariners had a real good shot to win at that around even money at home, still a really good team. And I said, I really like the under because if, if, you know, the Mariners bats are a little sleepy from the weird travel situation, with the way Lance Lynn has been pitching, it should be a really low scoring game. Sure enough, it goes well under the total. Uh, so that was a, an easy under hit there. If, if you caught what I was saying there. So again, not a great Monday, but um We've had several days like that splattered in kind of the last several many weeks, but for the most part, we've rebounded pretty well throughout the week. Who knows if that'll be today? I will say I love today's slate. Uh, not a single C pick in this episode. Uh, I, I got I got strong feelings today, so who knows how it'll play out? Like I say, I really truly do mean I never recommend blindly backing. Um, hopefully, you hear what I say and you like what I have to say. And if not, don't don't play it. But there's a lot that I really like today but before we get to those games some reminders please hit that like button if you're on youtube also if you aren't yet please consider subscribing or following it's free and the only way assuming you turn notifications on to ensure you don't miss any of the college basketball mlb or college football content that this channel provides reminder we got that first episode of the college football week two picks out a lot of things we liked there um two more coming at you so a lot of content here this month will uh we'll, we'll keep you entertained in the month of september uh, share with a friend if you know others in the game. Hit me up on Twitter or drop a comment from YouTube. I love those and try to respond to as many as I can. You can also go check out Horse Racing Today if you like to bet on horse racing. You can find their stuff at horseracingtoday.net. They've got a team of five with over 125 years of combined experience in handicapping horse races. There isn't an angle they don't know or bias they can't identify. Again, you can check out their YouTube shows or the website. The links 
are in the description. And also real quick, just a reminder, you start up a Patreon page for those of you looking to support the show. Membership starts at just $3 per month. Benefits include things such as exclusive access to our Discord, where me and the co-hosts that I bring on are constantly talking about plays, line movements, all sorts of stuff. Uh, you can also get some ad-free shows if you want, and early access to the shows. All shows now being recorded at night, so if you're night all, this is the way to get the shows right when they're done recording instead of the following morning. Note that the tentative times shows will be released on the website. That's www.pakeswiththeprofessor.com slash schedule. Unfortunately, this Tuesday, no day games for us here, so we will stick to the night game, starting off with a game that Cousin Jared and I talked about yesterday here on the show, Mets and Pirates, supposed to be a day game, got rained out, and now it'll be a night game. They'll play the doubleheader um, on Wednesday. Tywin Walker and Mitch Keller, uh, yesterday we had this game on here, uh, so I'm not going to dive too deep into it, got a lot of other games to cover, but I will say a couple things. First off, we, we've gotten five cents better on this number since yesterday. It was plus 100, now it's plus 105 that makes me like it a little bit more the other thing i like a little bit more about this is the total in this game yesterday or for the, for the day game here it was supposed to be eight and a half for this game it now is at eight that extra half run also matters the higher likelihood that we have a lower scoring game the higher likelihood that either team wins by one run it's 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 the the converse of the fact that when you get into the games in course field a lot of times those totals at 11 and 12 the run line prices aren't drastically different than the money line prices are. But when you end up in, you know, Oakland or Seattle or some of these situations with good pitchers and the totals are seven, the run line prices will be, you know, plus one and a half. You have to lay like minus 200 or something insane like that because the, the lower, the fewer amount of runs that we expect, the more likely somebody wins by one. So this was a B pick yesterday. I've got it as an A pick now. Again, not either one of these things enough, but both of them together, justifying the bump up from the B grade to the A grade here. Again, I think Mitch, like yesterday, I think Mitch Keller could absolutely keep them in this game. The underlying metrics say that these two pitchers are about the same. And again, a little bit lower total means more likely that the Pirates lose by one, keep it close. And the fact that we get better odds is kind of confusing movement. Uh, again, I think these should go opposite each other, but go in the same direction. I love this play here, starting us off. Pirates plus one and a half at plus 105. It is an A-grade pick for me to start us off. Two more games getting going before that traditional opening time of 7 Eastern. This one will be at 640 Eastern. Red Sox at the Rays. A tight one here in game one because Jordan and I talked about this one um, on the Monday game. And, and unlike the Red Sox, and they had the lead and just couldn't hold it. Um, that's kind of the way it goes. Sometimes it makes sense to play a first five, and, and sometimes it doesn't. Uh, people ask, why, if, you know, if I, why am I not giving out first five recommendations? I was doing some first five early in the season. It just wasn't working better. I mean, the model takes into account bullpen. It takes into account starter links. I mean, the, the, the model is built to handle this. I, I could rearrange it for just first five, um, but you're also entering in the market with more vague. So a lot of times I just like to play the full game. Um, it didn't work out doing full game on this one, but I mean, it's going to balance on the long run, not really sweating it there. I was a tight ball game. And we got about even money on the road with the Red Sox. It was a solid play. just didn't kind of work out for us. I'm back on the Red Sox here again, though. On this Tuesday night, Rich Hill versus Drew Rasmussen. Rasmussen's a guy I talked about a lot, like solid pitcher, and I've liked backing him in years past. I think he's good. He's not as good as a 270 ERA. Underline metrics say more like mid threes. Um, definitely a good pitcher and definitely a better pitcher than Rich Hill. But Rich Hill, um, while he does have that 452 ERA, the underlying metrics say it should be closer to four. He's been pretty league average, which again, as we talked about before, is incredible for his age. Um, but but I think these these offenses are about the same. Rays a little bit better with regards to the relievers. I just think the price on the Rays is too steep. The model says this should be uh, Rays minus 141. The actual price I'm seeing is Rays minus 155. So it's got to be Red Sox or pass on this one. Again, this Tampa team is playing well, but everyone knows that you're having to pay the premium for it. They're like the Dodgers light at this point with how well they've played. They're a good team. And the model knows they're a good team, just like the Dodgers. It's just one of these things where blind backing these teams just doesn't make a lot of sense. You got to pick your spots. And I just think they're overpriced in this game. Um, plus 143 on the Red Sox, though, isn't enough to get me excited. And it's going to be a low scoring game. Total of this game is seven. Obviously, a massively friendly park to the pitchers. I'm going to take the Red Sox on the run line at minus 155. It is a little bit of a steep price, which is why it's only a B grade play. But I think this is another one run game, just like we saw here in the opener of this series. Another game, just like we saw today at 4 3, wouldn't surprise me. 3 2 wouldn't surprise me. 
And obviously there's a possibility the Rays win something like four to two, five to two, three to one. I mean, there's a lot of ways the Rays can win this game by more than one run. But when you consider all the ways the Rays can win by one run, you know, one, nothing, two, one, three, two, four, three, even five, four seems a little bit high scoring, but isn't completely off the table. And all the ways the Red Sox can win this game. I don't mind laying minus 155. The other thing and play a lot of run lines today. So I want to mention it here. We are going to have to pay a little bit more of a premium uh, on these run lines here when we've got um, the road teams, if we're taking the underdog, and we are in this case because if it's tied late, it's more likely that the uh, if, if the home team wins, it's by one run. doesn't mean it's not possible. Obviously, you can hit you know a walk-off grand slam or something like that. But if it gets tight late... And you know, into the ninth inning or beyond tie, the the probability of the race by more than one is not very high. So we're gonna have to pay a little bit more of a premium for that. That's fine. I'm okay with that. I think the Red Sox on the on the run line here are a smart investment. Again, I don't love this price. That's why it's only a B pick, but I do think it's worth a look. And I think run line's a better play than the money line, just because again, with a low scoring game, you you're giving up some plus odds here. So maybe you split your bet. Maybe you put a you know sprinkle a little bit on the Red Sox. Maybe they pull it off. But here, I just think again, there's some you know. According to the model, 40, 42% chance the Red Sox win. Plus, there's just a pretty decent chance also that if they lose, when they lose, they lose by one. Not the only scenario, but a very common one. So minus 155, I think, is solid odds here on the run line. Not amazing, not something I love, but something I do like here for uh, the game there in Tampa. The other Florida team playing in the earlier slot, 645 Eastern first pitch, Marlins at the Phillies. Jesus Lazardo versus Aaron Nola. Lazardo. Uh, for the most part, looking really good this season, looking really good coming back from injuries. Had a couple of hiccups, uh, so it hasn't been all good. But Aaron Nola's kind of been in the same boat. Obviously, Aaron Nola, a better pitcher, but has had a couple of hiccups here as well. Both these guys have almost identical ERAs. Uh, Lazardo 344, Nola 343. The underlying metrics say that Lazardo's ERA should be in the low threes and that Nola should be in the upper twos. Two really good pitchers here, and the model shows that cousin jared outlined it yesterday and so i feel like most of y'all know this but maybe not again if you're new in the sheet that you can again find on the website or in the show's description where i put all this out in table format there'll be a number to the right of the starting pitcher that's their projection hunter's average lower is better nola gets a 74 lazardo gets an 89 two good pitchers in this one and a total of seven again i haven't pulled that weather data in it's not quite as accurate the night before and so i just don't want to mislead people i'll just rather look at that in the morning uh play that a little bit closer in uh but the total of this one's seven so it, that tells me we're expecting chillier weather there's a lot of lower totals here on this tuesday where it sounds like we're expecting more chillier weather as we're into september just as i mentioned before here you got a total of seven a lower scoring game this should be a tight contest plus one and a half on the marlins at minus 115 to be a great pick i think they can hang in there i think lazardo can absolutely keep him in this game obviously there's a chance the phillies run away but since we're close to even money here i think the marlins make a lot of sense on the money line the model might actually indicate actually indicates that there's a slight edge on the phillies the model says minus 233 and the money line is phillies minus 222 the issue is I just don't want to lay those big odds as we've seen here so much recently laying these big odds on the money line has just not been a profitable venture. The minus 150s, minus 170s, you know, maybe those are some okay numbers for, you know, depending it's kind of the cut line in there, those upper hundreds. But when you get to the minus 200s, a solid minus 200s, a minus 300s, so money line plays just haven't been very good. I just don't want to lay minus 222 with the Phillies, not against a guy like Lazardo who can't absolutely single-handedly keep the Marlins in this game. The Marlins aren't going to score a lot of runs, especially on Nola. I'm absolutely aware of that. But if the Phillies win this game one to nothing or two to one, that would not surprise me at all. And you just never quite know 100% with Nola. He's also had as many hiccups as of late as Lazardo has, not a lot, but just every once in a while. I just think minus 115 is solid here for a really low scoring game. I just don't expect the Phillies to score a lot of runs here on Lazard. The other thing to note is the Phillies are pretty left-handed heavy offense and get a ding facing a lefty. So their offense only rates is slightly above average. They're going against the lefty and these two teams relievers, the Marlins relievers grading closer and closer to league average as the season has gone along as they've um, looked more like I thought they would at the beginning of the season, which is closer to just a lot of depth, not a lot of star caliber, 
Um, but definitely enough to keep them in this game. Obviously, the Marlins might lose 2 nothing or something like that. But around minus 115, talk about having to pay the premium uh, for the road team. We're not really having to pay it here because obviously the Phillies are really good. Obviously, Nola's really good. It's just the odds are too much here. If you're playing the run line on the Phillies, if you're going to play the Phillies, I'd play the run line. I just don't like playing the run line at home against a guy like Lazardo who can keep him in it. I'd rather play the run line on a home team where I just think – it might get really ugly. And I'm not really concerned about what if it's 3-3 in the eighth and now I'm sweating, hoping to get two in the eighth before it gets to the ninth, that sort of thing. And I think it could be a tight one here again, a low total. And a guy in Lazardo who not 100% confident he'll go out and dominate, but absolutely has the stuff to keep the Marlins in this game. 7-5 Eastern first pitch, Blue Jays, the Orioles, no line on this one out yet officially. Uh, for us, there are a couple of shops that have a number on this book. The prices I'm seeing right now are pretty close to around even money for both sides. Model says Orioles minus 106, slight home favorites. Blue Jays a better team in this situation with the game in Baltimore. Basically wipes it out around a coin toss for this game. So kind of just hoping for some plus odds on the Orioles would be good, even around even money. Again, model says slight Orioles edge, but it's really small. And after the drubbing they took today, the model might actually bring that down when I re-update things in the morning. It might actually drop it down a little bit more. But plus odds on the Orioles would probably be solid on this one. Assuming it is these two pitchers that we're projecting, Mitch White and Kyle Bradish, both of these guys are very average pitchers. Both of them have inflated ERAs, but the underlying metrics for both of these guys are much closer to four. Both just kind of average pitchers, not bad. Uh both these teams' relievers are solid. Again, I give the Orioles a little bit of an edge there, but of course we give the Blue Jays' offense the edge. And again, that's why it's only a coin toss game given the fact that it's in Baltimore. Obviously, if it's in Toronto, I'd have the Blue Jays as solid favorites in this one, uh, but that's not the case here. So right now, again, model says 51.4%. My hunch is in the morning when I update this, it's going to be a little bit lower than that. It's going to be more like Orioles basically even money. So again, hoping for plus odds there. I'm assuming that we're not going to get plus on the Blue Jays, so I'm assuming we'll be on the Orioles. Question will just be, uh, based off what the total is, is it a, more of a run line or a money line play? It depends on what sort of value we can grab on that. Twins at the Yankees, 7-5 Eastern first pitch. An A-grade run line play on the Twins here on Monday. Twins hung in there, just couldn't quite get it done. Yankees had a couple of extra runs late. Um, uh, both of, I think, two two-run home runs, you know, both those are solo shots, you know, double, something like that. Twins hung in there. It was the right idea. Uh, Archer pitched better than I expected. Um, but that's 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 the casualty of baseball. I mean, sometimes you're in a, you know, sometimes that game plays out 4-3. Sometimes it plays out 5-2. Couldn't get it done. I'm back on the run line on the Twins today with another A-grade play. It didn't work here for us uh, to start off the series. But I think this sets up to be yet another situation like we talked about previously. Very similar to, say, that Marlins game. The only difference here is I trust the twins a whole lot more than I trust the Marlins. Obviously Garrett Cole's a fantastic pitcher, so I don't need any takes about that. I, I'm well aware the model likes Cole. I think Cole's really good. Uh, it gives him the model gives him a 77 rating. I mean, he's solidly in that third tier. Again, D Jacob DeGrom tier number one, <laughs> then two number two, the, you know, the Verlanders, the Scherzers of the world, the Alcantara's, those guys, uh, Garrett Cole solidly in that third tier, um, you know, just behind those guys uh, through 28 year on this year on the season underlying metrics have them right around three uh joe ryan though consistently just continuing to have a solid season and and, and put up good numbers 388 year era on the season you know metrics don't like him that as much think he's closer to average but you have to remember here more of a fly ball pitcher and again a game that has a total of seven which indicates we're not expecting hitter friendly weather and so if it's a cooler night when blowing in uh, that sort of situation that would lead to a total of seven. Because otherwise, with these two offenses, a total of seven would be absurd. If this was a, a hot summer day, you easily could talk me in a total of you know, nine here, even with Cole for sure eight. Right? I know Cole's going to bring that total down, but only so much. So it tells me, again, we're talking about a cooler night in New York, ball not really flying. Obviously, you have to watch out the Yankees can hit some home runs. Um, but he's also going to get a lot of fly ball outs if the ball's not really flying out. You just got to make sure you don't surf one up to a guy like Judge. You can hit one out, you know, in 10 degree weather, that sort of thing. Same setup as we talked about before, though. It's twins are past. The model says it should be Yankees minus 139. So minus almost 200 of the Yankees is insane. The Yankees are more likely to win this game than the twins. Absolutely. So again, I don't need anyone saying the Yankees should win this game. I know that. I'm, uh, the model knows that. We all know that the Yankees are favored and they should be favored. The only issue is how much should they be favored by. And prices out here minus 200. We're back to the days 
that we saw most of the season, which is if you blind back the Yankees, it's not a good investment. And I'm well aware they went on that toward run. And if you backed them, then that was great. But during that toward run, for the most part, people weren't backing him at the start of that. They might have backed him at the end of it. And then if you kept batting him for the next month, you lost your shirt just backing them. They are a good team. They've always been a good team. I've said that throughout their struggles. They're still a good team. The truth is they were never as good as that insane hot streak, and they are never as bad as this cold streak. They're always somewhere in between. Still a good team, but the Twins are a good team too. And in a low-scoring ball game, a price like minus 190 on the Yankees is absolutely absurd. There's value on the Twins' money line if you want to take it. That was the way Cousin Jared went for game one of this series. Again, didn't work out. But if you want to take a flyer on the Twins at plus 175, that makes a lot of sense. Again, with the model saying 140 is a reasonable price. I'll take the run line here at minus 130. Again, the fact that this is so close to even money blows my mind. Again, a total of seven means we're likely to see a low-scoring game. I'm eyeing a lot of these run lines that I'm taking on these underdogs, and I'm saying a couple of them are going to win, a couple of them are going to lose by one, and a couple of them are going to get destroyed. I do not have any, you know, disillusions of taking these all these plus one and a half that all of them are going to hit. We're not going to hit all of them, but there's a lot of good scenarios. I think if we get, you know, we could easily get something like three of, you know, three of four you know, three out of every four, that sort of thing, where we're not going to get all of them, you know, two out of every three, whatever, and if the odds we're playing them, even though we're playing minus odds, we're playing two out of three, that's going to work out really well. Uh, a couple of these close to even money, we don't even need to get that many. So another situation where I just think there's value on the underdog here. And again, I'm choosing to play run line because a lot of these teams have lost by one. And so a couple of them are going to win, but I just don't want to end up with three of them losing by one and me just shaking my fist at the sky, that sort of thing. But again, value on the money line, if you want to split your bet a little bit, one third, two thirds, 50, 50, whatever value on the twins here. Garrett Cole's really good. The Yankees are a good team at home, but the price is just not a good long-term investment in my opinion. 740 Eastern first pitch reds at the Cubs, Justin Dunn versus Wade Miley. I am not a fan of Justin Dunn. He's pitched five times this season to the tune of a 463 area, but the underlying metrics say it should be around six. He doesn't project very well. I have no faith in him. I don't have a lot of faith in most of the red starters. It's funny. You have the guys like Lodolo who you absolutely, I could get behind a guy like Lodolo and then you have guys like Justin Dunn and it's the opposite story. It's, it's like their starters are respectable or they're absolutely terrible and Dunn falls into that latter camp. Wade Miley, on the other hand, league average, uh, is a pretty good way to describe him. He has gone 19 innings this season with a 284 ERA. It's a little bit of smoke and mirrors. He's not that good. Underlying metrics for the season have him close to four. He projects a little bit in the low fours. Solid pitcher. Um, many people talked about him as a, as a, at this point, just a low key, solid signing back into the rotation, inning eater type guy. Fortunately, he hasn't been able to stay healthy this year, but a solid pitcher here for the Cubs. As mediocre as the Cubs' offense is, I think it's a lot better than the Reds' offense, especially with the Reds trading away half their guys and losing Votto for the season. Relievers, I'm not a fan of the Cubs' relievers, but I'm also not a fan of the Reds' relievers. They've gotten better from the start of the season. Uh, I don't like either set of relievers, but the fact that the Reds maybe have a little bit of an edge with the relievers is the only hope they have in this game is to keep it close and hope the relievers keep them in it. But even if that's the case, um, the Cubs offense is still better than the Reds offense by more than the Reds relievers are better than the Cubs relievers. So it's going to be Cubs edge from start to finish. It's going to be big edge to start So about that first five. You know, I'd be more comfortable playing a Cubs first five. The problem is you're, you're paying a premium for that. I'm not the only person in the world who's thinking that everyone's well aware of this. Everyone else is looking at the same sort of numbers. I am now how they're baked is where we get a little bit of discrepancies. That's where we try to take advantage of it. But nobody's out there saying that the Cubs aren't more likely to win at the first five. So the problem is by entering into a market with more juice, you're having to pay pretty big odds in a market that with only five innings, there's more variability, which should trend everything towards 50-50. But this number is not going to get trended towards 50-50 because everybody knows the Cubs have a huge edge of starters. So uh, you can play the first five. It's just you're paying the premium for it. I'd just rather go full game. Um, it's minus 165. It's an A-grade play for me. I think the Cubs should be massive favorites in this one. Model says minus 184. As long as it's minus 190 or better, I think the Cubs are a smart investment. So minus 165 is just can't pass it up. I don't want to play run line here. Um I just don't like the run line at home again, unless it's a, this game's going to get ugly. And I think it might get ugly early, but the Cubs relievers are so bad. It might get scary late. I don't really know exactly how it's going to play out. There's just a lot of ways that the Cubs can win this game. And so 165 isn't that big of a price. I'm comfortable laying it. Again, it's an A-grade play. 
really up to about 170. In the 170s, it's still a solid B-grade play, and then in the 180s, uh, probably drops to a C-grade for me. 7.45 Eastern first pitch, Nationals at the Cardinals. The Nats, I mean, hats off. And I said yesterday, I said, hey, the Nats aren't going to keep scoring runs. And lo and behold, they scored runs again. So it, it's just a constant reminder. Baseball is weird and you never really know. And I'm going to say it. I don't think they're going to keep doing it today, but you never really know. There's a reason on every show. I say there are no locks in gambling because weird things sometimes happen. So uh, not what we expect. This Nationals offense is not very good, but... It's been working for him lately. I'm just going to have faith that I don't want to step on anybody's toes here, but to me the bottom line is if you take three baseball games in a row with three different pitchers and you think that means anything for the next game, there's literally mounds of evidence going against that theory. Um, maybe if you talked about like half the team is out and you took three new games where it's like you see them unhealthy or whatever, maybe football, I mean, different story of football, especially with injuries, especially with how, because football is a team sport, right? Baseball is not. Baseball is an individual sport masquerading as a team sport. And so assuming it's all the same players and it is, these three games are not predictive going forward. They would need to do this for probably even more than 162 games for me to say that it matters more than all the mountain of evidence and data that we have on these players from previous seasons. Um, I'm just following the data here and saying what we know is the best prediction of going forward and three games is nothing. So I'm not baking those three games in whatsoever. There's no such thing as a hot team. with regards to they hit the ball well for three days, they're going to do it as well. There's a reason in baseball they always say momentum is only as good as the next day's starting pitcher. It's basically just a reminder that it doesn't really matter how well you do in one game because the next day is a whole new literal pun intended ball game. Doesn't mean the Nats won't do well again today. Baseball's weird. And I always talk about this when I go back to the example. As an Astros fan, back when they were losing 110 games a season, there was the year the Phillies won the World Series, and I I believe it was September, the Astros went into Philadelphia and swept the four-game series. That was super, super weird, and we've seen it with things like this year. We saw the Pirates go into L.A. and sweep the Dodgers. I mean, that was insane. Uh, We've seen the A's sweep the Astros, right? So we see weird things happening. The Nats might do well again today, but these three games are not predictable. They don't mean anything. We're still talking about good players and bad players, and three days doesn't just make you amazing. So let's just stick to our sound statistical principles that we are well aware of. The Cardinals should be massive favorites in this game, and I think they should be favored by more than they are. The model says 271. The actual price is 238. I'm just going to shift to the run line. I played the money line here on on Labor Day, and as I thought more about it, I just realized I wish I just would have gone run line for the purpose of if the Cardinals are going to win, it's going to get ugly. I talked about not liking to play run line favorites as the home team unless I think it's going to get ugly, and I think that's the case here. And if the Nets win, we've saved ourselves some juice, like Cousin Jared wisely did for us here on the Monday show. So rather than playing the money line of 238, which I think you can if you like money lines, I think 238 is fine. I just I don't like playing that big price. I regretted it almost instantly on the on the first game. Um, so I'm going to run line minus 120. Um, it's not that steep in my opinion. So it's an A-grade play on the Cardinals run line. They've got massive edges everywhere. They still have massive edges here pitching. Annabelle Sanchez for the Nationals, five starts now in a row. Good. We talked about how bad he was, but I mean, his ratings rising and and, and, and hats off him. He keeps pitching well, so like kudos for him. Um, it's time time to you know next time he comes around, maybe you know look at him a little bit differently, right? He's pitched really well as of late, which is just surprising how good he's looked. Um, and, and maybe there's something there, right? But the model doesn't believe in Espino, and the models liked Jose Quintana all season long, so I think there's just a pretty big edge here. Um, the ERAs for these guys are about a run apart. The underlying metrics agree with that and say that. Quintana's about a full run better. The Cardinals relievers are better. The Cardinals offense is better. Again, these three games, I'm not taking to mean much. You know, if we looked at three, you know, if we looked at three games, like the Pirates beating the Dodgers, why aren't the Pirates, you know, winning the division, right? Like, because we all have brains and we all realize the Pirates had three great games and that didn't make them a good team. The Nets have had three great games and they might have a fourth one. Remember, Let's think about the gambler's fallacy here. The gambler's fallacy, which is the roulette wheel's been three red in a row. It's hot. It's going to be red again. Or the other thing is the same gambler's fallacy. It's been three red in a row. It's bound to be black. Both of those are false. 
It doesn't matter what the previous three were when you're talking about that fourth one. All that matters is the probability that the probability that the Nats win four in a row. At this point, they've already won the three. The probability they win four in a row is now the probability they win this game. It doesn't really matter that they've won three in a row. They're not due for a win. They're not due for a loss. We just have to analyze this game, these pitchers, these players, and the Cardinals are much better. doesn't mean they'll win. There are no locks in gambling, but I like the Cardinals at this price. Close to even money here at minus 120. Run line is an A-grade play for me. Uh, Guardians and the Royals. 810 Eastern first pitch, Shane Bieber versus Chris Bubich. Um, obviously, Bieber is a really good pitcher. Uh, Chris Bubich, not. It's, it's kind of that simple in the handicap <laughs> there. Bieber's a 306 ERA underline metrics say that that is pretty spot on. Bubich, 547 ERA underline metrics say that it's actually a little bit worse um, than that. Model says this should be Guardians minus 198. I'll take the Guardians minus 181. It's a B-grade play. Uh, I think they can get this one done on the road. I think the price is too short. You could totally look run line in this one. This is a real coin toss between the two, in my opinion. Uh, obviously, the Guardians have edges everywhere, but offensively, it's not that big of an edge. I mean, the biggest edge here is the fact that the Guardians have amazing relievers and an amazing starter here. Um, Shane Bieber being right in that same tier we talked about with Garrett Cole. Really, really good knocking on the door of that second tier, just not quite there. Um, it, it's the fact that the, the Guardians have massive edge pitching and the Royals pitching is going to be really leave a lot to be desired road team here. You can take the one line. I'm going money line. I, I don't, I don't really have a strong feeling one way or the other. Uh, this is just the way I'm playing it. Uh, I'm going to go guardians minus 181 be great on this money line. Eight ten first pitch Eastern time here. Rangers, the Astros Astros winning Monday one to nothing behind Hunter Brown. And, and I thought he had a fantastic start. And, and I talked about this with cousin Jared in depth. He probably spent way too much time uh, talking about it there yesterday, but I really liked the kid. And I thought that the model didn't even know how to project him because of his meteoric rise. I, 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 I'm expecting him when he makes this debut in the ranking systems to be much higher than you'd think for a prospect. So we talked about the Ashes are in a comfortable position. You've seen over the last several years that when they're able to bring up a prospect uh, pitching wise, it's someone who is ready. And, and you can see he was absolutely ready uh, tonight. They'll throw a, an even better pitcher here in from Valdez again, right in that tier with Cole and Bieber. Um, Dylan sees another guy right in that same mix. Just really, really good starting pitchers against Glenn Otto, who's not really good at all. 42 ERA for Otto. Underline metrics say it should be worse. 263 for Fromber Valdez. Underline metrics say low threes is where he's at. He's also given the, the Astros incredible length in the season. Not quite Sandy Alcantara length, but still pretty good. Uh, Astros relievers better. Astros offense better. This is all Astros here. Model says it should be Astros minus 277. So Astros minus 257 is a perfectly reasonable price if you want to play it. I don't think that's the craziest idea. I'm going to go run line. Again, talked about not loving run line teams at home. But again, this one is the one I think can get ugly. Uh, I, I didn't take the run line here in, in game one of this series. Just not just saying there's a lot of ways the Astros can win, but I didn't really know how it'd play out. I thought a one-run win was more possible. Here, obviously, a one-run win still is possible for the Astros, but I think it's more likely it gets out of control that the Astros offense gets hot against some bad pitching sometimes. And I think it's a situation where they're going to put up five or six runs off of auto. And then I don't think the Rangers get much off from Burr. The last time they faced him, uh, they only got two solo home runs. So um, home runs are pretty fickle. Um, pretty inconsistent, hard to say what will happen. The pitcher might give up four, might give up zero. That's the only thing. But but the Rangers weren't able to score a single run off him that wasn't home run eight. And that's kind of what I expect here. Maybe he gives up a run or two, but I expect it to, you know, not much. I expect him not to give up much. And if he if he does have a bad start, it'll probably be the home run, which just is always possible when you're when you're backing baseball teams, right? In general, I expect a good start from Fromber. So I'm really on the run line. I think the Astros run away with this one. A minus 120 is pretty solid. It's only a B-grade play uh, for me, though. It's It's not enough of an edge uh, to warrant an A grade at these odds. Again, it's just always a little bit scary playing the run line for the home team. I'm doing it for the Cardinals because the edge on the Cardinals discrepancy, uh, both of their, both of them, the model says uh, should be in the minus two seventies on the money line, but the money line price for the Cardinals is about 20 cents better. So it's just kind of an easy way we can convert to probabilities there that, um, 
I gave the Cardinals an A grade because the discrepancy is higher um, than the one for the Astros. So I, I'm trusting that translation and saying that the Cardinals run line would be an A grade play, but the Astros is only a B grade. But I mean, it's it's kind of split in hairs. It's not drastically different. I really like both of these uh, home teams to get it done uh, and run away with victories. Uh, 840 Eastern, first pitch Brewers at the Rockies. Brandon Woodruff versus Chad Kuehl. Another situation where the starting pitching is drastically different. Woodruff, um, not quite as good as the 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 Biebers and the Coles, the Fromber does his rating the mall according to the mall is 85, but Chad Kuehl not very good, a full standard deviation below average of 116. Uh Kuehl has a 519 ERA in the underlying metrics say so that's pretty spot on. Uh, Woodruff 354. The advanced metrics say that's pretty accurate as well. Of course, the Brewers' offense is better, the Bruce relievers are better. So I was in the show, we really hope to get good plus odds in the Rockies, but you saw in the morning when the price came out that the Brewers price was a little bit short. So we ended up being on the Brewers and that worked out well as they won. But I think it's like cousin Jerry and I talked about yesterday that the odds really matter in Denver and the way you play it is just try to get the better odds. If you play the favorite, you probably play the run line. If you play the dog, take the money line because you do just all the runs. It just, there's just so much more variability. Just take the, uh, the better odds. It's, it's the, the better way to go. Model likes the Brewers here says that they should be favored by a price of minus 191. So minus 185 is the price I'm seeing right now. That gives us a Brewer's edge, but I'm going to follow that advice and take them on the run line at minus one and a half. Odds of minus 125 for the road team is pretty good. You notice some of these road uh, run line favorites, you're having to pay bigger prices than this. So minus 125 is a solid investment. Can't It's hard to give anything at A grade in course field. Though. Like I said, the variability just goes through the roof. So I, I try not to give A grade plays there. Occasionally I still do, but it's probably a good principle just to never give an A grade in course field because you just never know what's going to happen in that ballpark. So I like the Brewers, but a B grade play for me on the run. I think they're worth a look. Um, Woodruff is a really good pitcher. You always have the fear of can he figure out how to deal with the fact that you know the curveball doesn't move the same in that altitude. Um, but in general, even Woodruff struggling to figure that out is still probably a better pitcher than Chad Kuhl is. Um, Brewers offense better, Brewers relievers better. Lots of runs expected in this one, totals 11. Lots of runs usually expected in course field. They should be able to get it done for us. So I'll take the Brewers on the run line at minus 125 to get a B-grade play for me. 907 first pitch. Eastern time there, Detroit at the Angels, Eduardo Rodriguez versus Mike Myers. Um, Rodriguez is a pitcher who's had many a good season in his major league career. He's only pitched 11 times this season to the tune of a 417 ERA and is just consistently solid. Um, underlying metrics say maybe a tiny bit worse than this year. But honestly, this year he's been very league average, and that's been probably the worst year he's had since like his rookie season. Um, of course, he missed the entire 20, I think it was 2020 season, the, the pandemic short year didn't pitch at all in that one. But for the most part, pretty consistent, solid pitcher here uh, for the Tigers. Mike Myers for the Angels, a guy I expect nothing from. He's thrown 38 innings across 20 games this year. He's made a few starts, but you just do the quick div division there, and that's under two innings and outings. So he might go deeper. I think he had a start earlier this year where he actually went kind of deep and that was surprising. If, if it's going to happen, it's going to be against the Tigers, right? The Tigers offense is the joke, the, the joke of baseball, right? So if it's going to happen, it's going to happen here. But in general, I mean, 517 ERA, the underlying metrics say it should be in the mid five. So possible, obviously, but I don't expect him to have a good start like that previous one where he had, where we were all surprised at how well he looked. I just think that's the yeah, you know, an ab abnormality, massive starting pitcher here at starting pitcher edge here for the Tigers. Obviously the relievers are better than the angels. Um, the issue of course that we have in this game is that the angels have a okay offense, a so-so offense and the Tigers offense, as I mentioned is absolutely terrible. So that's the downside, but the model in this one says the Tigers should be minus minus one twelve favorites that the edges they have pitching wise should be enough to make them road favorites against the angels. The fact that we're getting plus one twenty two is a gift. I've seen this number bouncing around in the low one twenties to, to around 130 plus odds is just a gift here on the Tigers. I love it. It's an A grade play for me. I'm not playing run line. You can look run line if you want. I just don't want to have to lay massive odds here in this situation. I'd rather just say I, the, the model says the Tigers should be favored. So, I mean, if they got a better than 50% chance of winning, um, even if it's not by much, give me these big plus odds. It just makes too much sense to play on the, on the money line. In my opinion, Again, run line, probably not a bad play, but I just, 
I don't see it being worth those odds at this point. I just say take them on the money line. Tigers got to get a chance to win this one again with a massive edge in the starting pitcher department. 940 Eastern first pitch, Diamondbacks at the Padres. Diamondbacks getting a, a solid win here, um, opening up this series on the road, a 5-0 victory in game one. And uh, I talked about Ryan Nelson, just didn't expect much from him. Prospect coming up. Uh, again, the model treated as a bullpen game, just said, hey, you know, not going to go deep, not going to be different than the bullpen game. And sometimes prospects come up and impress, and, and he looked pretty good. Padres offense, again, kind of been hit or miss since all the acquisitions, especially at home, still been mostly miss. Um, things aren't going to get really any easier for him here tonight against Merrill Kelly, a guy who's like we talked about been constantly undervalued and been a very solid, respectable pitcher under the radar against Joe Musgrove, whose rating is slipping at this point. Model says these two pitchers are about equal, um, which is, I mean, Kelly's been solid all season, but Musgrove, just a tale of two seasons again, amazing early on, just kind of so-so for the most part, the back half of this season. Um, obviously the Padres have a better offense. I, I guess better relievers at the time. Max relievers, but Padres relievers you just can't really trust them. Um, the Padres should be favored in this game on the strength of their offense in the game being at home. Absolutely. Uh, I just think they're overpriced. Um, just like I thought they were overpriced here in game one. And when that number came out, we ended up being on the Diamondbacks. I'm on the Diamondbacks again here, run line. It's minus 150 odds. It's a B grade pick. You can take a shot on the money line if you want. I don't think that's crazy, but a total of seven, another situation with a road team on the run line, I think makes a lot of sense. Again, some of these situations, we're not going to get them all. I think we're going to get most of them. And you just never know on any given night how many of these teams are going to lose by one. So if you want to take all the money line, you can. That's what I did for most of the season. And those were the type of B-grade plays that tanked the B-grade's record. But if you go back and look at how many of them lost by one, if I had taken the run line, all of them, those B-plays would be profitable in the season. They're the only uh, blemish on the money line run line record for the year. So I'm switching to run line just because in the long run, I think that's going to be a smarter investment. You never know on any one given night, but this is my strategy mostly for this night is run line road dogs here. Again, at odds that I think are favorable to us. Again, like I said, you could take, Money line, if you want. The issue is the money line right now I'm seeing is 148. And that's what the model says it should be. So not a ton of value there. Maybe worth the flyer because they could pull it off. But also, again, I think a situation where um, the Diamondbacks should hang in there. Anything can happen late. And if the Padres win late, probably by one run. So we're probably safe with regards to um, winning this on the run line. A 940 P.M. Eastern, first pitch, White Sox and the Mariners. Talked about the Mariners at the top of the show. No need to really rehash that other than to say it was a tight game, low scoring, just like we kind of thought. Um, made the Mariners play the day at massive plus odds. That was by one. That's what happens. Uh, as we talked about, should have taken them on the run line because <laughs> they were plus plus uh, as, as an underdog, right? And that's been kind of the theme of this season. Um, <laughs> it's these, some of these, a lot of these dogs are losing by one runs. And we saw it there in Seattle, a little bit of a different story here today. Whereas Marco Gonzalez is a pitcher who, um, you know, not as strong against Lance Lynn, who's really started to figure it out and pitch well as of late. Um, was a massive edge. The White Sox talked about on the show, acknowledged that absolutely. And acknowledged the fear we have of the White Sox hitting lefties better. They didn't really hit Gonzalez very well, but they did get enough. They eat out enough runs off of them. Different story here today, though. It'll be an edge to the Mariners with regards to the starting pitcher and the edge to the Mariners and that they're throwing a right-handed pitcher in Logan Gilbert. 335 ERA, underlying metrics say it should be in the mid to upper threes. Cueto's had a fantastic year, upper twos with regards to his uh, ERA, 293 ERA, but the underlying metrics say it should be in the low fours. It's a lot of smoke and mirrors. Cueto's got the model is taking a stance against, and I am as well. I think he's average. I don't think he's this good. There's no real data historically that indicates that he should be pitching at around a three ERA, and the underlying metrics for the season indicate he shouldn't be around a three ERA on the season. Now, he's already logged 129 innings. So it's not like one start's going to bring him magically back up to that number of four. It's just that I think the best predictor going forward is that he's a four-area pitcher, not a three. It's been a great season for him. I just don't think he can keep it up. I think this Mariners offense is good enough to put up some runs against him. And I think this White Sox offense right now against righties below average is going to have a really hard time struggling, really hard time scoring off of Logan Gilbert. The game has a total of seven. It's a massive Pritchard-friendly ballpark. And just what I'm always talking about going under in. I don't think there'll be a lot of runs in this game. That's why I'm not playing the Mariners run line because I, I'm not confident in the home team 
winning by more than one. I just think the Mariners can pull it out. I do think it'll be a low score game, but I think minus 148 is too short of a price. It's an angry play for me on them. Model says it should be minus 163. And a decent chance the Mariners win this game by one run, but not enough so that the White Sox run line makes sense. I think if you think it's going to be low scoring, you just play the under. But like I said, I love the Mariners in this one. Uh, they've got a time that the bats have had a chance to rest. I think it's more likely they win this one 3-2 than losing this first game 3-2. After that one, we will have the Braves and the Athletics. 940 Eastern first pitch, Kyle Wright versus Cole Irvin. Um, obviously, Kyle Wright's got to be backed all season. I think he's a very good Pitcher, model gives him an 84 rating, 285 year on the season. Underline metrics say it should be in the low threes. A guy I've been touting all season long. I really liked what we've seen from him. But Cole Irvin, a pretty solid pitcher as well, 335 year. You know, that is deflated because he's pitching in Oakland, which is massively pitcher friendly, of course. Underline metrics say it should be around four, but he's a little above average. Uh, edge to the Braves with Kyle Wright pitching, but not by a ton, just by a little bit. Uh, of course, the Braves will have an edge with regards to the offense and the relievers. The Braves are a really good team. Um, and going on the road, the model is diminishing the home field effect that it gives the A's because they don't have a ton of it there based off the fact that they never have any fans showing up. The only home footage they get really is the fact that it's the travel situation. So they're still getting some of the home field advantage. It's just minimal. And you see that in the data that they end up playing better than expected on the road and worse than expected at home. So it minimizes the home foot advantage accordingly. Even with that said, I think the price here is too high on the Braves at minus 212. I just think that's too much. Um, instead, I'm going to be on the A's. Uh, same situation, though. I don't want to take them on the uh, money line because I think there's a decent chance they lose by one with a total of seven. I mean, you're seeing a consistent theme here. We're into September. We're in the we're into fall Unofficially, I guess, now that we've passed Labor Day, all these totals of seven in baseball going to lead to a lot of low-scoring one runner games. And again, we're going to see some four to two games. Not all of them are going to be one runner games, right? So don't don't go investing your whole bankroll on all these games. Going to be one run games. There seems to be a lot more of one run games. A lot of chance with these low-scoring games that dogs pull things off, especially in September. Things just get wonky. So I think the A's on the run line makes a lot of sense. Again, here the model says it should be Braves. Minus 190. So again, a price like minus 212 is just too much. It's A's or pass. Again, I'll take a chance on the run line. Plus 110 odds here. B grade pick. I think the A's can hang around. Obviously, it's very possible. Like I said, they lose four to two, but I think they can hang in their corner. Everyone's a solid pitcher. Um, and if not, at least you still got plus odds. So if he gets beat up and the Braves win, it's like, that's eh, plus odds. That's what happens sometimes. Again, you don't have to win all of them to make money. You just don't even have to win half of them at plus odds to make money. Just, you know, Little under depending on what your odds are. Um, so even if the, the Braves run away, at least we've played plus up, up got a plus odds play on it, which isn't bad. And then wrapping us up, we've got the Giants and the Dodgers. No line on this one as of yes, no official pick. Again, I'll make official pick on this one. And the Blue Jays Orioles um, in the morning when we um, have confirmed pitchers and lines, it looks like it'll be. Wei Chi Huang versus Tyler Anderson Huang, uh, a, a pitcher that's been around a little bit, 28 years old, um, pitched in the minor league system, uh, pitched overseas, uh, bounced around a little bit. So we have a decent amount of data on him. Not really expecting anything. He's started about half of his games, AAA this year, pitches a reliever in the other half. So it's not a guy I expect to go deep. His underlying metrics aren't really great there either. So it, it, he's not a guy I expect to go too deep especially against the Dodgers who are really good. I, I expect him to, you know, I, obviously it's correlated. Obviously it's correlated, right? If, if he's pitching well, he's more likely to go deep. And if he's not, he's, he's not, but he's just not a guy I expect to do much. I expect him to turn it over to a bunch of giants relievers who aren't good. Um, kind of like we talked about the giants last year, relievers being so good, a bullpen type game or a situation like this where they not explicitly a bullpen game, but one where you're going to heavily rely on them or potentially could heavily rely on them worked out pretty well for them last year, but this year with the relievers is not, and I don't expect this one to go very well for them either. Their average is their offense is average, but it's worse against the lefty. And of course, Tyler Anderson's a lefty because the giants are so left-handed heavy. Uh, this is all Dodgers. I faded the Dodgers a ton, but the model on this one says it should be Dodgers minus two 
78. I mean, that's a pretty steep price. I don't know what the price will be, but I could easily see myself being on the Dodgers run line on this one, assuming the price isn't too crazy. Um, that's that's probably the way I would like to. I like Tyler Anderson. I think he's above average. Again, 268 ERA and, and almost 150 innings. Um, now, the underlying metrics say it should be about a full run higher than that, but that's still an above average pitcher. And the above average lefty against this giant team that's so left-handed heavy, this Dodgers offense against, a, like I said, a mostly a bullpen game. This should be all Dodgers here. So we'll see when the number comes out, what kind of value we can get where I play. But my hope is that we're getting Dodgers on the run line. I'm hoping somewhere in that same ballpark that we're playing the Cardinals and the Astros at in that minus 120-ish range, I think it's a fantastic investment on them. I think it just sets up perfectly for them. Um, just can't ask for much more facing a lefty, throwing a lefty against the Giants and their bullpen. You just can't ask for much more. So it doesn't mean we won't play the Giants. There's a price for every team. And that's the, the thing I want to close here with. It's just a quick reminder. I, I encourage you, if you're already doing this, to figure out what your buy point on each team is. Preferably before you see the odds. Um, come up with it, say, or, or, or see what the model says, but, and just try not to look at the odds and kind of say what you agree with and how you would shift that. Because every team should have a buy price. And if it doesn't, you're I'm sorry, I don't want to step on your toes, but you're doing it wrong. The reason why is because as much as I like the Dodgers here, if you give me Giants plus 10,000, I'm going to put a lot of money on that. Obviously, it's not going to happen. And I use a ridiculous example to prove the point that every team has a buy point. Now, your buy point on the Giants, the model says 278. For me, it's probably more like 300, maybe up or two, but really plus 300 is like fine. Baseball's weird. Anything can happen. But your buy point might be plus 350, might be plus 400. It's fine. I'm not, gonna, I'm not here to judge what your buy point is and however you come up with that, whether the, the, the smartest and sharpest sports gamblers in the world. I'm using only one model because I'm just backing with my model and I think it's good and I think it's a great place to stand. And I'm not trying to muddy your waters here, but you look at other models, other people's work, other people's probabilities, right? You know, you know, 538 fan graphs. There's all sorts of other sites that, that have great probabilities. People are coming up with, you know, how you're viewing all that stuff. Everyone's got some slightly different numbers, right? There's a lot of good resources out there, but whatever it is, they, we're all talking about a buy point on a team and whatever it is, whether it's 300, 350, 400, there's a buy point on the Giants here that would make sense for us to play them. I hope we're not on it <laughs> because it's never fun, but you're seeing who would have wanted to back the Nationals the last three games and that's made some people a lot of money. So just remember there's a buy point for every team. You just got to figure out what it is and and, and and just because you win or lose doesn't mean it was, doesn't necessarily imply that it was the right or wrong buy point. Um, the way we evaluate that is taking these grades over a long period of time and saying, when I say, is it 66%, is it really close to 66%? When I say it's 54%, is that actually what it is? And that's how we evaluate these types of things. So I think the Dodgers are a great investment tomorrow. As long as the price isn't too bad, I'd love to be on the run line, but again, it's all about the price. Figure out what your buy point is. If it reaches it, go for it. And it's okay to have a wide middle where there's, there's no play. That's totally okay. And it's okay to, if it's narrow or wide, it's, it's, it's your preference. So just things to think about here as you're assessing um, these situations, because again, there's a buy point on both teams. I'd love to be on the dodge. But from here, that's all about the price. My head officially is, but hopefully you've got a good enough idea on a side that you like, and that is a good long-term investment. So that's all that I have for you today. Again, I'll update a couple picks. Got a lot of Apex and a single C pick in the show. A lot of things I like. Apex starting off though, I got the Pirates on the run line at plus 105. Got the Twins on the run line at minus 130 at the Yankees. Got the Cubs, money line minus 165 at home against the Reds. Got the Cardinals on the run line at minus 120 at home against the Nats. I've got the Tigers at plus 122 money line at the Angels. I bet the Mariners at minus 148 money line at home against the White Sox. And that's all I have for you today. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Picks with the Professor. Reminder to check out the Google Sheet for model picks, projections, and results. You can find that link and more at the website, www.pickswiththeprofessor.com. If you haven't done so yet, please click that subscribe button to ensure all the sports betting content we provide on this channel is dropped right into your feed. See you again tomorrow for more MLB picks. Got more college football picks coming out for you this week. As always, best of luck. And remember, you can eat your betting money, but please don't bet you're eating money.